0: Welcome into the 196th episode of the Young Terps podcast, Mason Viner alongside Jack Rothenberg. Jack, a lot to get to today, football, basketball, but we have to start off with uh, last night's disappointment. The Terps fall to George Mason, uh, not the top 20 Maryland team that I, I think we expected to see at the beginning of the season. Jack, what's your initial take on our 2020-2021 Terps?
1: Yeah, definitely yeah. not. I mean, they got up to that hot-ish start with the with the three wins in a row but it's been a common theme at least the past three games they've had a lot of struggles in the half-court offense and shooting the ball from three has also been a big struggle for them and it was kind of all put on display against George Mason George Mason came in they came with a lot of energy they they were making shots left and right and they they kind of caught the turf by surprise and that's what you saw on the scoreboard
0: Yeah, it is, and I just said 2020-2021 So I actually meant to say 21-22, that COVID year, getting kind of lost in my sports record book. Uh, Yeah, not what I think many expected. Maryland does not really seem to have uh, a big-time shooter right now. Eric Ayala did come through at the end of the game to make it close, just could not finish off the run. Um, I got to be honest, this is – Really, not looking good to me. I think inside Julian Reese and, and Wahab and, and those guys have a lot of skill, but I don't think it's very developed skill as of right now. Fats Russell is a really good point guard, but Maryland just can't really find the, either the right mix of guys to space the floor well and get the good shots. And, and when they get them, can't really seem to hit them. I think uh, they need to do some lineup mangling, which Turgeon, credit where credit's due, hasn't been bad at over his time at Maryland, but. I think they need more out of Hakeem Hart if they're going to win games, and I and I think, you know, when a team doubles the post, you got to be able to kick out and shoot. Uh, I've seen it with a couple teams that I've seen earlier this year, just not a lot of really good shooting on display. And I think part of it has to do with the fans back in the building.
1: Yeah, I think that could be something. But one one other thing, two things actually that you said that I totally agree with is that it's the fact that the Terps. They've had open shots. It's the fact that they just haven't been able to knock them down, which is something that you see happen in basketball. It could be this type of contagious, not great shooting, but not something you see happen over over a couple weeks span. So hopefully they'll get out of that funk in a, in a short while. But it's also when Kouris Wahab is down low in the post and he gets doubled, he, for some reason, is not able to look opposite and look in the corner or even sometimes right next to the basket where there's an open guy because I've seen on multiple occasions that be the case. Mm-hmm. And instead, he just puts his head down and either starts dribbling and it's in turnover or he just kicks it right back out to the guy who passed him the ball, which defeats the purpose of giving him the ball in the first place to try and draw that double team. And that's something that coach talked about
0: already this year, is that something they were trying to work on with him. And when you talk about the development of a big man from just the change from program to program in this case, but from high school to college and and really making that jump uh, to the next level for Wahab, which I think would probably be somewhere close to the best center in the country if he really took another step or two forward uh it's definitely would put him into the top three i'm i think right now he in talent wise is top 10 he has the ability to become one of the best centers in the country and maryland has shown that's a place where you can get there is you know there there's a lot of complaints that guys can't score when they're big down low which he obviously doesn't really have that problem he defends all right he rebounds okay I haven't seen many people really struggle as much with passing the ball out of a double as he does. I don't know if it's really a panic thing, similar to what a quarterback in football would have, or if it's just a court awareness, a court vision kind of thing, which which is going to take some time to work with. And Danny Manning, definitely a coach that, that can help out with that. Uh, but it's just a matter of taking a team that's early in the season that really hasn't played much together and trying to get them just to play better as a team. I feel like a lot of this is with the gelling of the players. I think individually they're there uh, at that top 20 level. But like you mentioned, Jack, you're going to have nights where the ball just doesn't go in the basket. It's how you overcome that. And they they just didn't really do a good job on getting many breakaways or getting anything to jumpstart them yesterday. I kind of felt uh, similar to a little bit of what the TV broadcast was saying. They were kind of looking around for that Anthony Cowan, mellow Trimble guy that was just going to carry them and it wasn't they really didn't have that
1: guy until Ayala hit a couple shots late. Yeah, he definitely helped out with those threes late. And I think you saw Turgeon try and mix and match the lineups last night when Kudos Wahab wasn't playing as well as maybe people want him to. Julian Reese really carried the minutes for as far as Maryland big men go, he carried the minutes for the Turfs basically all of last night. I think Wahab only ended the night with sixteen total minutes played. And Reese played well down the stretch, so I think that was the right move, even though they lost.
0: Yeah, Wahab puts up eight points, five boards in 16 minutes. Uh, Reese gets 24 minutes. He puts up 12 points on a really good shooting night and gets three boards for the Terps. Uh, I really think, again, credit where credit is due. George Mason played a really good game. They got a huge game out of uh, Deshaun Schwartz, and they really just came through. Every time I thought Maryland was really going to push the needle in this game, George Mason came in with a Really big time basketball plays. The biggest one, I forget which player hit it for Mason, but uh, that fadeaway at the end of the shot clock on one of the uh, possessions of Maryland was within one basket on. I mean, George Mason, it was just their night and, and a big win for that program and Coach English as he starts off his run with the Patriots. And, you know, it's it's one of those games that, and I texted this to somebody this morning that that asked me what happened. Eventually, this was going to come. You know, I don't really think we knew what year it would be, and there's all the turgeon naysayers and just people that have a negative attitude that will say they should never lose a game like this. But let's face it, Maryland schedules between 13 and 15 so-called, I don't know, weak-scheduled games, games they should win, bye games, whatever you want to call them. They play almost all of those other than the ACC Big Ten Challenge games that they've been forced into. It's 15 or 16 of these a year, or 10 to 15 of them a year. Uh, You multiply that by the years that Coach Turgeon's been here, and they've lost to Boston, and they've lost to George Mason. So not a bad record against these teams, not really coming to his defense with the scheduling. But for all the people that said this would never happen, it it was just in total number of games and how many upsets there are on college basketball. Eventually this was going to happen, and this George Mason team, I think, looked uh, like a team that I would not want to see in the NCAA tournament last night because they made those big-time plays.
1: Yeah, I think Turgeon kind of said it after the game. This team can't just show up and play. And as you just said, I think George Mason is definitely one of the teams you can look at that you might see March Madison. Vermont's been there in the past. GW is definitely capable of getting there. There are these teams that Turgeon's lined up in the schedule, they're not they're not cupcake games. They're they're gonna give this turf squad a, a lot of trouble. And Maryland can't just show up every night and and think that, oh, a Hofstra's coming in on Friday night, oh, they're just going to come out with the win. Like, that's not, that's not what's going to happen in, in 2021 in college basketball.
0: Yeah, it's just not really what happened in college basketball, and that's one of the things, and I know that was blasted on social media, uh, that he even said that. I think that Mark Turgeon, as a coach, kind of showed in this last game. Yeah, he, doesn't, he expects a lot out of his players. He tries to recruit guys that are going to, kind of hold their own mentality and be self-starters. But the coach has to be the guy that ignites it. He has got to get on these players and say that that's just not an acceptable product. That's not Maryland basketball. He likes to throw that out every once in a while, and now he needs to say it. That kind of effort really just, and, you know, the ball just didn't really happen to go in the basket, in my opinion, in this game. It wasn't the best or cleanest played game by Maryland, but there were some shots that just didn't fall that I felt like usually will. Um, No, they haven't yet to this point, but as this team gets gets going, I think they will. But Turgeon's got to find a way to get guys open. If they're scoring in the block, you know, eventually know, are going to have to hit a kickout jumper, but it just doesn't look like a really well-coached team. It looks like five guys playing their own game with some similarities that have played basketball together, but it doesn't look well-coached by any stretch of the word. And Jack, you were just men- mentioning not scheduling weak teams. The favorite, the CAA, Hotstar, comes into uh, Xfinity on Friday, and I don't know about you but I'm feeling a little bit concerned.
1: Yeah, definitely coming off this loss you wouldn't chalk up the W for Maryland. I think obviously it's easier said than done, but the Terps just have to shoot the ball better. They shot 45, they shot 45% against George Mason, but it's specifically from 3-point range where they have to have to be better and it's kind of ironic that you were talking about it a little bit earlier. that George Mason, that's kind of how they won this game. They shot 50% from 3, 12 of 24. And when Maryland every time they they sort of tried to come back into the game, and they they seemed like they were about to get over the hump, maybe tie, take the lead. George Mason came back, and they hit one, maybe two threes, and kind of stretched their lead back out, so I think that's where Maryland kind of has to start, and as you said, they also need to put in more effort, because they can't just show up to the gym and expect to win.
0: Yeah, the game, at least in my opinion, Jack, I would, I would like your take on this, it played like an NCAA tournament game to me. Uh, team jumps out ahead big early, being Maryland in this case. The other team battles it back, goes into the lead at halftime, and just every time somebody pushed, the other team pushed back on them. And really, I feel like the last four or so minutes looked like straight out of a conference or NCAA tournament game. Maryland knocks down big threes. George Mason just comes back, uh, just does enough to slide by. It it kind of had that pace. I think it's a game and a memory. If you used to write, that can help this Maryland team out. You know, people brought up um, – on, again on social media, on Twitter today, that Gravis Vasquez 2010 team lost a game similar to this. I believe it was to American. Uh, this happens. You move on. It's not really what you wanted to see, but you have a tough Hofstra team that comes in at 1-2 and two that played a really good Houston team tight early in the season, held the lead for most of the first half in that game. Uh, their most recent result, an 82-74 to 74 home loss to Iona, a game that they can't really be happy with. The, the lone win comes on the road against Duquesne. So the chirps, at six thirty on Friday on FS one. They play Hostra. I, I think they're able to win this game and, and just kind of get back in their in their way. And I'm hoping, I'm not really confident in this, but I'm hoping this game kind of gets Maryland going and, and realizing that they're not just gonna win the game by playing basketball, as Mark Turgeon said. They gotta play as a team, they gotta show up with effort and and be ready to be ready to execute the game plan.
1: Yeah, and I think you're spot on when you talk about that March Madness type feel with this George Mason Maryland game. And it was it was in the second half that it kind of hit me, and and I realized that Turgeon knew he needed to switch something up to give Maryland a spark when he switched that three two zone defense. And I think that's when Maryland sort of tried and it, and almost did make a full comeback. They knew that they needed to switch something up, and that's where Turgeon that's the direction Turgeon went. And as I said earlier, he also played Julian Reese a lot down the stretch, but he knew he needed to switch something up. And I think that's kind of what you saw out of, out of Maryland, but it wasn't enough.
0: Now, one thing that when we're talking about Maryland basketball right now that I don't like Jack, I think that you're right. They did do a nice job of, of changing it up a little bit. That three, two zone kind of become Mark Turgeon's secondary look when the team's struggling. One thing that I don't like is Mark Turgeon's commenting on his team's effort Meanwhile, a guy that everybody thought would contribute to this team, that, that left high school early, James Graham, to be on this team, is on the sidelines right now with a team violation. Now, he was back with the team as of yesterday, um, and, and re- different reports have come out. Some think it will work out. Some don't. I, I really don't like the way this is heading. Uh, you bring in a bunch of new guys, a, a player, one of your few holdover players from last year that that contributed even a little bit in conference play, uh, is stuck with a team violation. and. Really, not much has been said about it or reported about it, but I just don't like uh, what Coach Turgeon thinks of this team between media day and now.
1: Yeah, and when Turgeon was asked about Graham, I'm pretty sure after the George Washington game, he kind of shrugged it off and gave a very short answer about it. So no one really wants to give a lot of information, as you said, but I think Maryland's got to focus on the guys that are kind of playing right now and in the locker room and try and figure out what they can do to switch up what's going on.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good spot to leave it. We'll see how these next couple of games play out. The Terps, uh take on Hofstra on Friday, as we said, 630 at Xfinity Center. Then it's that trip uh, out to the Bahamas. They'll take on Richmond on Thanksgiving night, and then we'll play either Louisville or Mississippi State to wrap up that tournament Saturday. Um, th- they will play either one of those two, so it's not just a single elimination. If they're in the consolation bracket, they'll play at 10 in the morning on Saturday. If they're in the winner's bracket, they'll play at 1230. So a couple of big games coming up uh, going, heading into Thanksgiving next week. But Maryland uh, obviously needs to get back in the win column against Hofstra. Jack, let's talk some Terps football. Uh, what, what did you make of Maryland's 41 to 20 loss to Michigan State on Saturday? I, I have some interesting takes on it, but I'll let you go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's been the last been the couple games for Maryland. The, the final score hasn't been really indicative of how close the game was. They lost 31-14 against Penn State, and now 40-21 against Michigan State. And Maryland, we talked about it over the weekend, Mason, they definitely had their chances to win this game and make it a, a lot closer and in the end than it was. But Maryland has yet against a Big Ten team to put together, not a Big Ten team, a, a top Big Ten team, I'll say, to put together a complete game. Loxley talks about after the game. They played well for about two, three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, they kind of fell apart and weren't able to convert off turnovers they got, but also on, de- on the defensive side, they were missing tackles all over the place and weren't able to stop this Michigan State running attack.
0: Yeah. And, and I think from a schematic standpoint, Maryland designed a game plan that was one-dimensional on defense with a purpose. They didn't want to let Kenneth Walker run on them, so they they sold out for it. I have no problem with that personally. Others really did. They didn't see the adjustments, but Maryland played the run in this game, and, and Maryland stopped the run for a lot of this game. I think that is a huge positive. Jack, I, I agree with you. You know, we did talk over the weekend, and and really looking at this, it was. Hard in a lot of ways to quantify what the final score was to the game. Maryland threatened constantly in this game. Uh, they did not go away yet again. And I'm starting to look at the positives of this season. You know, they're 5-5 five five right now. It's not it's not ideal. It's not where we all want to be. But if you look at the progression of the program, even this season, Michigan State is a top-10 football team. They've beaten teams like Miami on the road non-conference. They've won their Big Ten games other than that game at Purdue. They're a 9-1 football team in the top-10 in the college football playoff ranking. Maryland did not lose to them 42-3 to like we would have seen in past years. And when Maryland gave up early points and, and they gave up them up often, they weren't in the best spot in this game at all, they fought back. They got back in the game. They gave themselves a chance. They didn't bring it all the way back, but they were there. And that, to me, as a person that's gone on the road and seen this team get absolutely crushed, has seen a lot, a lot of Maryland football, that's something that's overwhelmingly positive to me. I think that the people that say that Mike Loxley isn't the guy for this job as of right now, not saying that he is, but are saying that 100% Mike Loxley is not the guy for this job, need to really wake up and, and, and look in the mirror. Look at when this program was two, three years ago when he took over. It was not in a good spot. It was not in a winning spot. Yeah, he came in after a five and seven year, but almost all the impact players off that team graduated, and Maryland was not in a position to win. Now they're getting back there. They're changing. They're still attempting to change a culture. The seniors on this football team had not been to a bowl game in their entire career. So they're taking a program out of the absolute dump and trying to bring it out. And if they make a bowl this year, I think it's a huge step forward. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But going back to this game, I think Leah played his best game in the season. Yeah, he shot himself in the foot big time, but he he was there. He evaded the sacks. He made some big mistakes, but he's still a work in progress. Uh, And... It's fixable. They just got to catch the ball when it's there. They got to make the next play. I've seen some say they're afraid of winning, and there's a lot that points in that direction. I don't think that's what it is, but they've got to complete the plays when it's there. Jack, you talked about it. Um, And then on defense, they got to recruit more defensive backs and linebackers. They've got to get this roster up to a Big Ten level. They've got to get true 85 guys that belong in a Big Ten football field, or at least they thought 100 percent belonged in a Big Ten football field. Onto the roster to give themselves that mobility because uh, when I look down the line, more injuries to guys like Marcus Fleming this week. There is not many players that I have 100% belief in belong uh, playing against Michigan on Saturday. If Maryland was going to go toe to toe against them, uh, there, there's a list of guys that still need to be cycled out of this program, and and they got to continue to recruit well. But I think you're seeing uh, the seeds are planted with guys like. Uh, Taichi Johnson and, and Tommy Inca-Basote on that defensive line for Maryland to be a, a really good team in the upcoming years.
1: Yeah, one thing I want to talk about, you you definitely mentioned it about how you thought this was Leah's best game of the season. I, I agree with you. And one thing that I think really helped him out on Saturday was Dan Enos's play calling. And one play call that really stood out to me is we've talked about in the past couple of weeks is that they've needed to kind of get more creative and change up what they're doing. And I think they did exactly just that in some some spots and it was in the first quarter I think it might have been a third or fourth and one and Leah took it around the left side it was a direct snap and it was a it was a QB run and he took it around the left side got the Terps within the within the 10 yard line and set up for a, a Maryland touchdown and it was it was that that stood out to me because it was them trying to get creative and find other ways to get yards and even though he wasn't doing it with his arm he was finding a way to impact the game which which was good. Yeah, looking down the stat line, Jack, another player that I think really helped Maryland out,
0: and I, I just don't understand what we haven't seen more of, is Penny Boone. Penny Boone is a guy that I want to just give the ball to in the I-form when I need a yard. And, and there's one spot where I'll point out in this game where Penny Boone should have gotten the football. Uh, I believe in the third quarter, Maryland gets the ball inside the five-yard line. It's second and one from the six or or something similar situation to that. Why not run the ball? I'm not saying under center, even out of their shotgun, which I still cannot absolutely stand that they run every play out of the shotgun. Why not just line up and give the ball to Penny Boone and let him get a yard, at least get the first down? Yet they tried to get away from what they were doing that worked in that moment. They ran that quarterback power play one of those drives uh, on in that drive set and – it just didn't work out, but there's a couple spots where I think simple gets it done. Jack, I love the quarterback power run. Leah can run with the football, especially if he gets into space. He doesn't have the best vision as a ball carrier, but he gets down when he needs to, and I think that was a great way to find a yard and a play that Maryland, uh, I know you and I have been hinting at since about week two of this year.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think another, you were talking about the running game with Penny Boone, I think another great player that Maryland's kind of picked up on this year is Colby McDonald. He's been a great change of pace back is you you're talking about penny boone he's kind of that ground and pound guy that's going to get you the the one or two yards that you need in that those types of situations but cody mcdonald's been able to come in and he he didn't have a great sat line on saturday he had six six carries for 38 yards but it's not about that for him it's just about coming in when he's needed and giving giving uh, the turps some some good rushes on on game day
0: yeah and definitely a guy that we'll see the rest of the way it was reported by our friend keith kavanaugh that we'll be seeing a lot more of Col- Colby McDonald and Roman Hemby going uh, the rest of the way this year. I think Maryland's just going to look to tweak some things with Marcus Fleming out. I think that's a big hit to what they're doing in the passing attack. Uh, something that we can't leave alone, Jack, is you talk about the play calling. I'm going to talk about the best player um, over best play mentality of this Maryland football team. Rock Jarrett and Shiga Konkwo combined for 18 catches – uh, for 217 yards and two touchdowns. That is what we've needed this season since Dante Dimas got hurt. It's got to go through Conquo, Jarrett, and, in my opinion, Corey Deitches. Now, Carlos Carrier's shown they can make some plays for this team, but guys like, uh, I mean, Daryl Jones I don't really think gives you much anymore. Brian Cobbs I don't think gives you anything at all. Maryland's cut down, so it's got to – it did a great job. The unit did a great job of getting the ball to Jarrett and getting the ball to Conquo and letting those two guys make plays. I think Fleet kind of goes into that category. But – Cutting down who gets the ball, letting Rock Jarrett get the ball as much as he wants, and when he's open early and often was a great game plan for this team because Michigan State really didn't have an answer for five uh, in white.
1: Yeah, I think something you saw on Saturday also was that 100% it's about getting the ball, but Leah doesn't even need to give him that great of a a pass to get him the ball. There was one one play where Leah was rolling out right and Jarrett was wide open on the sideline. It was not a great ball from Leah, but... Jarrett found a way to make the catch and stay in bounds, So it's not really about making plays specifically for him, but just throwing the ball in his direction. And I think most of the times he's going to find a way to catch it.
0: Yeah, the Terps also broke their turnover streak on defense. And I think the defense gave him a lot of chances to win this football game. Um, It just didn't happen. Maryland just was one play away, I felt like, the entire day of really making something happen. And and it just didn't – another opportunity comes up on Saturday. The Terps down 5-5, five five, uh, are at the 500 mark for the first time this year and have the opportunity to be come below 500 for the first time this year against a really good Michigan squad who just went on the road to Happy Valley and came away with the win. Jack, what's your take on the Wolverines so far this year?
1: Yeah, they've been playing great. And I think something that we saw against Michigan State is the same with Michigan. They have a great rushing attack. So I think that's where Maryland needs to focus a lot of their attention – Michigan averages over 200 yards per game in, in the rushing, rushing category. So I think that's something big time to look out for, especially with Hassan Haskins, who's been a great running back for Michigan.
0: Yeah, Michigan likes to run the football, and Cade McNamara is probably one of the better quarterbacks we've seen in the maize and blue over the last 10 or so years. Uh, it's, in my opinion, the, probably the, one of the better Michigan teams in the Harbaugh era. They've gone on the road. They've shown they could win some big games, but they win it with the same way they used to win. Uh, earlier in his career, it's with defense, strong play, not turning the football over and running the ball. Uh, I think Leah's going to struggle a lot, but I give Maryland a shot. I think the number 14 and a half point favorite the Wolverines coming to College Park at is just about right, uh, given the way Maryland's been playing. If they can just catch the football, they'll have a chance to win this game.
1: Yeah, I think Maryland, as we've talked about earlier, they just need to try and play a complete game. They can't shoot themselves in the foot with false start, off-size penalties. They need to find a way to make it competitive into the fourth quarter, and that's when, as you talked about, they can make that extra play to hopefully either stay in the game or get over the hump and potentially win it. Yeah, Jack, another point of
0: concern with this football team right now is what is going on with the kicking situation. You know, Wayne asked Coach Loxley this after the Penn State game. He said, said, um, he asked him what, what went into the decision-making on some of those fourth down plays late into that game. And Mike said they had a kick line. I'm really concerned about where that kick line is right about now. Uh, Petrino completely shanked that one. They, it's it's obvious that they don't have confidence and and have evidence to back up that they don't really have much confidence in their kicker, but it is one of those things when you look at knocking off these big name programs and games that Maryland is clear underdogs in, you would really like to have a really strong like kicker and Maryland just doesn't have that right now. And they really haven't had one since Brad Craddock and that you really had a ton of trust in Petrino was good his freshman year, but hasn't really been since it it is definitely a huge area of concern. When you talk about winning a game like this.
1: Yeah, definitely. And Petrino's stats on the year 10 for 15, he's, He's six. He's yeah. He's six for seven when, it, when it's 20 to 39 yards, but when it gets to that 40 to 49 range, he has been four of seven. So that's been where he's struggled and 50 plus he hasn't made one all season. So yeah, you got to wonder where that line is for the Terps and how that's going to play a factor on Saturday against Michigan.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure if there's an injury involved. I'm, I'm thinking that there is with Petrino. He's not kicking the ball out of the end zone or even really reaching the end zone or or he wasn't on Saturday. And He just has not been the same guy that at least I remember. I know he struggled over time, especially on the road, and and I think really in colder situations too at this point, but not really something I like seeing. He's been better at Maryland Stadium than he has on the road, as most college kickers are. It, It just feels almost like that's one of those things that you point to, just special teams in general for this team, as just a huge problem area for this entire season. And and one that's going to have to get better and will as the talent level increases, but like you said, I, I think most of Turp Nation is getting impatient with these games. People are ready to you know move on from this coach just because they don't think he's going to win anything when they've really only had one full season with him as the coach. I don't really count last year for much. You got some games in, but they weren't it wasn't a full season by any stretch. No team had a full season in college football last year that was really truly what it's supposed to be. This is. Is really for me that that stepping stone year where yeah, we see that it really wasn't going in the right direction, but they've corrected things, and that's a culture thing. This team did not completely fold. And now we'll see really what comes out. If they're able to pull off one or two, or you know, a huge win against Michigan that they lose next week, or whatever way it happens, they gotta get to a bowl game. They just got to get that next step forward. Or I think there are rightful questions asked right now. I, I got to say it, and I would love your take on this. I'm somewhat happy with where this team is. This is where I kind of expected them to be.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think every year we see a lot of hype around Terps football in the beginning of the season and you see that fall off that, that everyone's been talking about. But I think, right as you said, Maryland's they're not in a god-awful position right now. And I think Loxley talked about this also on Tuesday. It's It's putting... Especially the seniors that have been here in a in a position to play in a postseason game, which no one's really done in a while. I think he said since 2016 was the last time Maryland played in a bowl game. So it's yep. about extending the season one more game, and it doesn't even have to be against Michigan. If they put a, put up a good effort against Michigan, they come back and be Rutgers next next week, and they still get to a bowl game. So that's what it's about for this Maryland team. That's what the mindset has to be: just extend the season one more game and get to that bowl game, which will be a big step forward for this program.
0: Now, Jack, while I am really rooting for Rutgers this weekend against Penn State, when I head up to Piscataway uh, on Thanksgiving weekend, now there aren't really going to be that many people there. I'm not expecting really much from the Rutgers game day experience, which isn't great, but –